Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record for a very special half episode. Twenty-seven point five is what we're currently calling it, depending on how we do tonight. It could be episode twenty-seven point nine 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 eight. Who knows? But we have a big roundtable, like we always do for our little special shows, our little our half shows. This is all based on all the interesting news that came out in E3. The reason we're doing it on Friday night is because this is the day after E3, so all that stuff that we missed in our Episode 27, because it all came out afterward, we can talk about. Oh, uh, joining me, oh, first of all, I am Joe the Widget Wilson, and joining me, as always, is the illustrious Mystery of Arwen. Joe! Chat room! Glad everyone could make it out tonight. Great to be here. So excited about talking about some of this stuff today. I can't wait to get into it. Get your wet nips ready, because you're about to nerdgasm. <laughs> My nips are, are well moistened. <laughs> and our another regular on this show because we just can't get enough of him Mr. David Adams why can't I be the illustrious one because <laughs> your nips aren't moist dang it <laughs> I'm glad to be here guys hey everybody in the chat room we got a bunch of people in there tonight I'm glad to be here for a little bit of ranting and raving about the discussions our other regular, Mr. Louis Alon, could not make it. He had to serve his country tonight, and we love him. we just just saying. Uh, but joining us, as he did in the previous .5 episode, in episode 22.9999999999999, is our awesome writer for ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com, Mr. Joseph Bradford. Good evening, everybody. Chat room. Thank you for having me. I uh, really, really enjoy doing this, so I can't wait to start talking about all this stuff. All this stuff. We got stuff, stuff. to talk about. Stuff to talk about. Eh, because she begged me, and she's just pretty, and you know, this is the, the female thing. Mistress Lebo, aka <laughs> Liz. Speaking of wet nips, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I've been biting my tongue on that for 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. Because her nips are wet? I'm awake. Well. <laughs> wow. Uh, this, this, uh. Hold on. I have to cover my cat's ears. He's too young for this sort of trap. <laughs> this call just got very perky and, and interesting. Um. Brain, you have to go in the other room now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is your roundtable for episode 27.5. But first, we have to talk about our awesome sponsors. Absolutely. And this show, as all of our other shows, is sponsored in part by 
doghousesystems.com. Custom-built desktops starting at $12.95 and laptops starting at $19.95. These guys are going to throw together for you a custom-built desktop or less laptop according to your specific specifications. All right, guys, so if you're looking for a brand-new gaming rig, go to doghousesystems.com. Let them know we sent you by dropping in the code off the record when you go to the checkout, and they will double your memory for free. Best customer service in the industry, extremely competitive pricing, the best computer out there for you because you're the one building it and you're letting them know and they're going to throw it together for you and ship it out to you. Doghousesystems.com. Also, we want to mention Tweaked Audio, one of our brand new sponsors for the network. These guys put out probably some of the most awesome headphones you're ever going to want to listen to Quest Gaming Podcasts with. (laughs) And I'm sure there's a couple of other podcasts out there you like to listen to as well. They have four different styles um, titled California, Classic, Parkour, and Natural, and six different colors, red, blue, green, black, silver, and one with even a little piece of wood around it to give it that natural and woodsy feel to them. Uh, there is an optional microphone as well on these, and they're de- they're designed with great sound qual great sound quality, excuse me, and engineered for um unbelievable, amazing durability. So if you're the kind of person that likes to work out, listen to podcasts, or listen to your music, these would be perfect for you. All right, they are earbuds as well, so I just want to throw that out there. Uh, great for uh, noise reduction, compatible with all kinds of MP3 players, iPods, iPhones, Androids, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. Retails at $19.95 and ranges up to $34.95 with a lifetime warranty. However, we've got an unbelievable deal for you right now, and it is ongoing. Put in the code off the record after you visited tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com. Drop in the code off the record when you're at checkout. And you're going to get 30% off. 30% off. Plus free shipping worldwide. Just by using the code off the record. When you go to tweakedaudio.com and you purchase one of their earbuds. 30% off free shipping. So $19.95 goes to $12.95. And $34.95 goes down to $27.95. And then you get the free shipping on top of it. Let them know you sent this by dropping in the code off the record. I've noticed in the chat room that they're trying to start a little drinking game about me saying just saying. So I'm just saying that I'm not going to just say just saying that much in this just saying episode. I've got like five shots I have to take now. Are you kidding me with this? Hold on. And now the chat room is fish snickered. You just killed everyone's liver. Do you feel happy? (laughs) (laughs) Glad to help you out, chat room. All right, we have. Let me see how I'm gonna put this. We have painted cow steaks and mushroom, not mushroom, potato stew to get into. Who just said Lou is the new Chuck Norris? (laughs) What? (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Instigator. It's awesome. All right, in the meat and potatoes of this episode, you yahoos. <laughs> we have a Dongard recap. Now, we got a whole bunch of emails as soon as our episode went live late, 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 late Wednesday night. Basically saying that we were wrong on a lot of points because this, this, and this. Well, the points that they were referring to were things that came out after we recorded episode 27. 
information we did not know about until after we recorded. So yes, we may have been wrong, but we did not know because we're not psychedelic. I did offer to go beat up people for <laughs> Joe, but he, he said, down girl. So <laughs> you guys are lucky. That's right. <laughs> part of part of what what makes what what makes us uh, do what we do is just you know utter excitement. And a lot of times um, we're we're driven by service to our listeners. So when we decided to come out with our show in the middle of E3, which is you know normal according to our schedule, we knew that there was going to be possible inconsistencies with what we said versus what could have been released after the show. So if there's inconsistencies or, or fallacies you know, within what we said versus the information that happened after the show, we apologize, but we didn't, we didn't want to throw the show out afterward. We just figured we'll just give you an additional show because we're just dedicated to, to you and to, to all of our listeners. So so we're going we're gonna to go back and restate the correct things now that we know what they are and in, our, in our brand new bonus show for you this week. Exactly what he said. Yep. Yar. Yep. <laughs> all right. In the meat and potatoes of this little Dongar thing is a G4TV, what spawned all this was G4TV did an interview with the, I forgot what his name is. I am so blanking right now. Paul Sage. Paul Sage. Thank you. Regarding mm-hmm. these extra things, and he let out a whole bit of extra tidbits that were not available when we recorded. So, what we got for you on point number one is, and this is where I was completely wrong in episode 27, because it didn't make sense to me that they wouldn't, you know, show it in all the, uh, the, the, the trailers. They're just showing the vampire stuff. This is a big deal. There is a werewolf tree in the game, in Dawnguard. Why didn't, you know, this pisses me off why didn't they release that when they were saying that there's going to be a vampire tree as well what would it have been that hard for todd howard to be like all right guys so we got vampire trees and oh by the way we've got werewolf trees as well like is that difficult because you don't want to put those words together because of twilight because people are going to be instantly turned off not not only not to mention every single mythological story ever it's not just twilight Not just sparkly but that's vampires. That's on people's minds. That's what and werewolves like take their shirts off every twenty hates. seconds of screen time. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it might also have to do with careful planning on on marketing, you know, side. Uh, if he releases all the information the first day, what news is going to be about his game the next two? So uh, that probably was planned very carefully. He released the vampire stuff the first day on that very first interview with uh, Game Trailers TV, and he introduces the werewolf one with G4 the very next day, so that his his product is continually making headlines throughout the uh, three days that they're there. Sure, our journalist um, slaps us in the face and corrects us. Thank you, sir. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best slap in the Not face. Not what I'm here for. That was a I great mean? slap in the face. Well, that is why you're here. That's exactly why you're here. You did yeah, that perfectly. Well, Joe Bradford, did I not ask the question? And you asked the question. I asked the question. There you go. Now hey, I'm less angry. I was just picking <laughs> on him. That's it. Just picking on him. I'm allowed to pick on my co-host. Uh, the man's right. <laughs> well, he's very right. I didn't say he was Oops. wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did show the lichen tree. Uh, the 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 constellation and I was trying to watch that video very closely to see if I can get the individual perks. I saw one that gives you like bonus. I believe it says something like bonus health when you feed. It gives you the ability to feed. 
and you gain back health and stamina or something like that. I think I didn't really catch it fully, but that's what I kind of got the gist of it. And there's the the very first perk gives you more damage as when you're in werewolf form. Now the werewolf form in currently in Skyrim just has nothing to it, so I'm I'm hoping that they're going to put some additional I'm, powers with it. Yeah, I'm assuming based on what they did with the uh, vampire that it very well could be additional powers. Again, assuming we don't know the information yet, that there very well could be additional abilities based off of that constellation. It just kind of seems to make sense to me. Oh yeah, seeing as there's a constellation, you don't like ability to howl well, and get buff. The vampires, why wouldn't they add skills to the uh, the werewolf? Because yeah, if, if you're thinking along the lines that the werewolves be combating the vampires, wouldn't you want them to be on equal footing? Oh yeah, without a doubt. How can you be on equal footing with a vampire that can force throw you? Um, a werewolf howl. Come on, werewolf howl. And you get so you mean a, a, a dragon shout? There we go. That tears the soul from it. Oh wait, you don't have souls. Well, they're using crossbows in this, aren't they? Going to throw wooden spikes at the hearts? There we go. Yeah, except you don't use a weapon when you're a werewolf. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, that particular, maybe that particular skill is is kind of like a one up over the the werewolf. But maybe, you know, and I and I'm I'm sure this isn't in the game, and I'm just speculating. But um, maybe the werewolf has a sprint ability that they could use before in order to close that distance between themselves and the vampire before they can even use that and then go in for melee attack. I'm going to quote some things the that the thing. um, the chat room has been saying that actually made pretty good sense. Kirisu said, well, obviously by being strong enough to rip the were- vampire lord in half. Given that. Um, Sarah said that to give werewolves a battle shout type of ability, that's what I was thinking about with the whole howling thing, and yeah. an AoE fear shout. Or an AOE fear-based ability. That makes sense, too. I mean, it's a gigantic, you know, werewolf sitting in front of you. I'm going to run. You also got to keep in mind, too, like, there is no PvP component to Skyrim. So you're not fighting Dovahkiin on Dovahkiin. It's really just... You don't really have to worry about balancing issues there. Right. It's really just how cool can we make this form feel? Mm -hmm. And what do we have for the other form to make that feel just as cool as well? You know how you could make the werewolf feel amazing? By giving them pigtails? First off, I don't think they could handle the pigtails. Only a few men in the world can handle the pigtails like I can handle the pigtails. But beside that, you know what I want? I want to see a werewolf be able to jump like a beast. You know, like freaking hopping on top of houses and stuff. I have a feeling it'll probably be able to do that. Will they chase the Khajiit? (laughs) Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. I'm hoping it's (laughs) on. <laughs> I just pooped on the ground. <laughs> I do not know what exactly what you're trying to insinuate. <laughs> oh, oh <no>. wow. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to have shouts that you can only do when, when in, only in these particular forms. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Like growls instead of shouts. <laughs> Dragon howls. Vampire Lord. I be sparkly. Oh, please no. <laughs> God werewolf, no. Werewolf totally gets armor bonuses by not wearing a shirt. <gasps> Greatest game ever. <laughs> you know, actually, in all seriousness, no, the, the werewolf, not the werewolf, but the uh, vampire lord looks really pretty cool, actually. Yeah, they they did a great job modeling that, that whole vampire lord thing together. He he definitely looks like a like a vampiric lord. One thing I learned from the things I was reading and looking at is that the vampiric lords, 
they gain the ability to, to use a skill tree by how many people they kill. And you power up by killing civilians and people. That's awesome! Oh, is it the, like that, that weapon awesome. that you get from the, the yeah, Daedric? like that. Yeah. I think that is an awesome addition. But my, my question is, is, is after you have killed everybody, is there going to be anybody left to, uh, to quest with? Like, <laughs> if you do it right. Eventually, you're going to run out of people to kill. So they're Probably gonna have to can't kill killing PCs that do quests like you can't do right now anyway. Well, yeah, but I mean, that would be the only people left. That's that going to be only children left. Yeah. What's Fred going to do? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, he's already out of people. <laughs> he's going to be a werewolf. Oh, my God. All right, the next point is that we got a lot of emails based on this a lot, that there's a lot of speculation and rumor going around that Dawnguard may be the new werewolf cult, like the Companions, which breeds the speculation, are the Companions and the Dawnguard related? Yes. That's like, that's like a, that's a lot of speculation within speculation. That's like meta speculation. That's like saying that, all right, uh, I believe aliens are visiting the earth and harvesting my organs, but do you <laughs> think that they're from planet X? And if so, do they have democracy? What? <laughs> kind of my point. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was hand in hand. I mean, if you're going to say who's the opposite of the vampires, oh, well, it's going to be werewolves. Well, then that must be the Dawn Guard. Right, but I mean that's that's kind of like making a tremendous amount of assumptions to justify your own ends. I, I mean, the first thing here I would say is 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 a reasonable enough. Um, hey, I'm not saying this is my. I'm not saying this is my speculation. This is a lot of emails we got. Oh no, no, I know, Joe. I'm not. I'm not saying that you own this this thing here. I'm just saying that if you know right, whoever's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like it's it's a it's a lot to it, it's a lot to ponder and to ant to make an answer out of all of that is is seems like we would be marrying an idea that is just far removed, uh, you know. I, I mean, uh, all right. So for, for sake of example, okay, um, uh, a lot of speculation rumor that the Dawn Guard may be the new werewolf cult like companions. That in itself is a huge leap. All right, we don't know anything about the Dawn Guard. Okay, fine. We know that werewolf form is getting quite a bump up in that they're getting their own skill tree. And that's awesome. And I think balances this this whole thing out very well. All right, but does that necessarily mean that we should just assume that whoever the Dawn Guard are are probably going to be werewolves? Maybe, Perhaps. maybe not. No, I'd be willing to say no. I'd actually be willing to say no, the Dawn Guard are not going to be werewolves on one key fact. They're making a big deal about having crossbows in the game. You can't use your weapon while you're a werewolf. So but why would they day. give a new weapon to somebody who can't become a werewolf? Well, I figure if they're adding the new werewolf thing in, they also added the thing which allows vampires to become a vampire ward any time it of day. It could be very much be that companions are actually helping the Dawn Guard, not a part of them. They, they may be on the that's same side. That, that's very reasonable to think. that They may be on the same side, but I highly, highly doubt... That Dawn Guard and the Werewolf are exactly the same. Maybe the Dawn Guard just needed a way to defeat the vampires, and so they were like, "Well, the werewolves, you know, they're the only guys that can go up against them." Right. I, you know, there's just so many things. I know the chat's even saying horseback would be pointless for werewolves. There's so many things oh, that God, you know, see how are funny that would be. Have seen a werewolf out. on a horse. 
Oh, that'd be awesome. hilarious. Just running past people, decapitating them with a slash of your hand. That'd be freaking hilarious. But um, I really, there's so many things coming out in this expansion that I don't see it reasonable to make, you know, the main people against the vampires, the werewolves. I could see it being the Dawn Guard or like, you know, Uber Evarwin Paladin type guys. Hey. <laughs> that was <laughs> oh, reasonable. <God. laughs> My my first thought when I saw that the werewolves were getting their own tree is I think it's just to boost the a gameplay element that's already there. Because I, I can honestly tell you, the only time I've ever used werewolf form is the quest that forces you to. That's it. Agreed. So I, I think they're just trying to amplify and make more interesting something that's already in the game. Um, yeah, and, basically and the maybe same. Throwing the, you know, this might be cool. Let's just go ahead and throw it in there. Well, not only that, but it... <laughs> I think what they're trying to do also is is deter what we are what we are speculating towards one focusing it on one thing so when the real thing comes out we're just blown away by it um, as opposed to knowing everything in advance uh, they they throw out a tidbit that the vampires are getting their own tree well great we talk about that for a day and then we complain the ve- werewolves aren't getting one the werewolves get one but who are really are the dawn guard um, we don't really know they haven't released a whole lot of information about who they are. Um, my speculation is Dawn Guard is just a name because they protect the Dawn from the vampires. That's the whole. My, that's my whole speculation with it. I've never put werewolves with that. I've never put you know even crossbows until they announced that they were, you know, making the crossbows specifically for that. You know, on a lighthearted um, side of that, I'm playing a werewolf just because of the the graphic they use for the uh, constellation werewolves. <laughs> well, and, and again, I think this is just to amplify an already uh, established playstyle. I think that's all it is to make it more interesting. Who knows? They may Which have some kinda, data collected saying stink in this game. You know what you this said? Is how, this is how we can add that there. What you said kind of made sense to the next point as well, is that the Mythic Dawn and Dawn Guard are most likely not related at all. Um, no yeah, other, I've never thought that. There's no other clue as to what that may be, but what you might have right there is probably it. They're just a new faction. The Dawn Guard makes sense when you really think about it. You don't yeah. have to think about it. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks, Liz. These are I'm all. Sorry. You just put down all the main hosts of the show. We're never going to get invited well, back. <laughs> so Liz has left the call. Moving on to point number four. <clears throat> I mean, these are these are all you know. These are all story elements that could be you know as epic as we've we've you know thought, or even more so, or or underwhelming as well. I mean, uh, you know, the Mythic Dawn and the Mythic Dawn Guard may not be related. They may be related. It all depends on on the type of story that, that they have woven together. And, and we won't see those ends until we're, we're done with the actual expansion. The reason we were originally saying we first heard about Dawnguard coming out, what we thought they might be related to the Mythic Dawn, was based on a piece of lore that emphasized the name Dawnguard that was related yeah. to the mm-hmm. Mythic Dawn. That's what right. we assumed. We can't foresee the future of what story they may create, so that's what we only thing we had to go off of. But now that we're seeing more involved with this, it's looking less and less likely. Um, number four, Malag Ball statue can be found in the trailer when they go into the into Oblivion. Is he the instigator? People seem to think that's that's the case because if you go into the haunted house quest for the uh, Malag Ball um, mace, his statue is there and it's very closely related to the one found in Oblivion in the preview trailer. And Malag Ball is the father of vampires. That makes a lot of sense right there. Actually, you know, I didn't know that. <laughs> there's so many ways they could weave this because 
if there's one thing that you learn, even from doing the first few of the the uh, Daedric quests, especially the Malik Ball quest, these dudes love to fight with each other. They love to pick on each other. They love getting their minions in bad situations just to get the upper hand on one another. Daedras are jerks. So... Yeah, we may, for all intents and purposes, be invading Malik Ball's area. Who knows? There's so many ways hey, this could draw. That could spike off the whole uh, situation and actually lead into some of the lore for the Elder Scrolls Online. Well, you know, too. yeah, there's so much they could go into that it's astounding that people are like, oh, well, this one guy, we know he's already going to be it. He very well may, but I'd not put my money on it being just one dude making all the trouble. Yeah, never know. And, and they said there's there's a ton of side quests this thing as well. But and I think what people said about that statue being in there is is has a good idea on that. Really do. Well, it, it makes sense that he would be it because of that, that sentence you said at the very beginning of this topic that he is the father of vampires. So why would you have a vampiric lord faction in there and not have Malak Ball uh, associated in some way? And maybe another Daedra associated with Dawnguard as well. You never know. Exactly. You never um, know. What's maybe her name? The one. And they're using it could be Meridia. Re- yeah, Meridia. <laughs> thank you. It could be You're her. Welcome. Well, it could be two two Daedric uh, princes at war with each other, and they're using their pawns in in Nern to fight their war for them. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe uh, also the vampires could be rebelling against Molag. Yeah, Ball. I was thinking they could be going against Molag Ball, trying that's to get it. his power. Oh, that's a good well, idea. Well, it's just too. like Yvarwin said, you know, we won't know until we get to the very end of Dawn Guard. I want know, a two-handed version at this point. of Dawn Breaker. That would be awesome. <laughs> isn't isn't Malak Ball the, the main antagonist for... Um... Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah. Yeah, he already is. Wouldn't it behoove the the company to you know institute Malik Ball as much as they possibly can just to keep the name and everyone's you know head definitely oh, to, yeah. keep, to keep that I don't know. you don't want to give away too much would you well, well it's already away it's right already away now, yeah they could definitely you know plant that seed of pissed offness into all of our hearts by making Malik Ball the bad guy in Skyrim then, now that we're already hating this guy, we go to play the Elder Scrolls Online, and there he is again. He's like, hey, bet you can't hit me. We're going, you know, I really would like to. Who hates him in Skyrim? Everybody loves that quest. They've, they've, they've already said, okay, I've done a lot of research on Elder Scrolls, on, Elder Scrolls Online based off E3, and one of the the gentlemen uh, was talking. He said that everyone starts the same spot, and that's in the very beginning, Molag Ball sucking your soul out of you. Right off the beginning, hey, right off the bat. Right, there. right. So, right. I, I just kind of feel like there, you know, Bethesda has a chance right now to, in, in a story element, create another Arthas for their exactly you know lay the mean? groundwork. Yeah, and it would behoove them to just make, you know, at the end of this whole Dongard thing, you find out like, oh my god, well, like Paul was like totally instigating this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, like I said in, in, in the, the previous point five show we did, is like exactly it's it's ingraining that story is what Elder Scrolls does so well, and mm-hmm. in, ingraining Molag Ball now and getting it in people's tongues for the next year and a half that oh he's the big guy. What happens when you go and fight him in the MMO? 
or his chief minions that you learn about in Dawnguard. You know, oh, I'm going to be that much more angry wanting to kill him. You better bet. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna. It's, it's going to be me. an insane fight just because of the lore and the story built around it alone. Yes. <sighs> Happy. You know what I want to see? Huh? I want to see. I want to see Malik Ball on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Create that account now. I want to see Malik Ball <laughs> tweeting every single day. I want to know what Malik Ball puts in his coffee. And what he uses that mace for in conjunction with that coffee. Puts your soul in it. <laughs> hey, guys. Stirring your soul in my coffee. Bad I had that, like that Mortal Kombat soundbite right now. Your soul. Your soul is mine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, like, like seriously, like the reason why I bring that up is because I, I, I want to see this guy have... And that guy in quotes, I mean Malik Ball. I want to have... I want to see him have that kind of, like, internet gaming recognition... That you know, some some guy out there tweets out you know from the name Malik Ball, and everyone's you know retweeting and laughing, and he's got you know one point two three k followers um, because he's he's a he's a funny guy. Two point you know, like, five million, you never know. Yeah, I, I want to see that. We want this game to have as much recognition as possible. Of course. Um, point number five: some of the things announced about Dawnguard faction after episode twenty-seven were. Bone weapons can now be made, and they are a step above Daedra. Oh my god, 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 I had my first on-air nerdgasm right there. <laughs> Yay, Liz. We wow. popped your nerdgasm cherry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ahem. <laughs> 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 Armor trolls are companions <laughs> for the Dawnguard. What? What? <laughs> yes. What? You can what? have an armor troll as your companion as a Dawnguard. Um, more armor can be crafted, and you can craft crossbow crossbow bolts. Vin- Hold on a second here. Armor trolls as a companion only means one thing. Internet That's nerds right. following you around. Vampires <laughs> in space. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Vampires are going to get hit by these trolls and launched into orbit, and I'm going to laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> How's the view up there, You're Vlad? using frost against my troll. You're a noob. <laughs> Wait till you hit the ground. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so armor trolls, awesome. And more armor that can be crafted. That, that's going to be cool. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to let you craft arrows. And they'd let you craft bolts. Why wouldn't they let you craft arrows, you know? I want my fluffy dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're made out of bone. Okay. That would be... What? Yeah. Bone dress. Before that, and nope. We said in, the, on, in our last episode that they hinted at taking um, ideas and mods people created. Someone already created a dragon bone weapon mod. I'm wondering if this is going to be like kind of a direct port or just their modified version of, of the said direct port. I don't care. I can finally uh, empty out the chest underneath the uh, the inn. And- <laughs> With all your uh, dragon bones that you had saved yeah, up. Yeah, I I, uh, I kind of stole that little hidden area that that you go that you like go into at the beginning of the Dilva King quest chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just took over every chest in there. That's where all my dragon bones are. I've got literally, uh, gosh, hundred fifty dragon bones in there. Nice. <laughs> wow. Dang. 
So we got that little bit. And the last point we're going to touch on tonight is $20 for the DLC on Xbox. So the DLC Yay. for Dongar is 20 bucks, Cheaper than I assumed. A lot cheaper. Um, I was expecting around yeah, 30 to $40. Cheaper. So yay, thank you, Bethesda. No clue yeah. if that will be the same price on all platforms. We assume it will be. Again, we assume. It better be. Yeah, if somebody I, had to I pay more it for sense. it, I would be pissed. Well, they'd have to pay more for it and wait a month for it. So let's not piss off the player yeah. base. Yeah, you're going to oh, make yeah. me wait a month, then charge me more? I'd be... I'd be uh, it could be less. You More angry know. than I am. You, I, hey, if they want to give it to me less, I, I'll take a handout. That ain't a problem. I can't see them doing that. I, I think it's going to be $20 across the board. No that's, matter, yeah, that's no exactly matter why I said that's we assume sense. that, because it just seems to make yeah. sense. And I, Maybe I they have, should make it 5 bucks less for the PS3 guys, just because they've had to put up with so much stuff. I, I know. <laughs> I agree. At this point, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let's get it to them for free. Honestly, like I'd be okay with those guys getting it for free. <laughs> like like Joe just said, and and I I didn't I didn't hear it yet, but um, <laughs> you get ex- if you get accepted to the beta, you get it for free. So if you have an Xbox, make sure you sign up for that. Yeah, without a doubt. So any guys, no you guys want to? So I'm open to the floor right here. Do you guys want to touch on any of these la- of these six points really quick before we move on to our next part? Oh my God, trolls have armor! Oh my God! Oh my <laughs> God, <laughs> And they're your companion. <laughs> just make sure you have a nose plug when you have them around. Yes. Yes, get pretty stinky. Do you think if you kill your armored troll companion that you'd be able to loot his troll fat? <laughs> yeah, Wait, you can man. do that to a horse. Yeah, yeah. What if? What happens if you like put more troll fat in his inventory? Does he become like physically fat? <laughs> All right, I think we're gonna move on to the next part. Um... <laughs> All right, guys. give you an overview of what we're trying to do with the Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, obviously, we want to make a great social uh, game. So, you know, the, the core foundation of it is that players can uh, play the way they want. So that's expressed in a number of ways, right? So we have a faction you can join right from the beginning, uh, which kind of dictates, you know, which parts of uh, Tamriel you'll see. So we have the Ebonheart Pact, uh, we have the All-Mary Dominion, and we have the Daggerfall Covenant. And once the player chooses the faction, 
then they kind of get to explore the way they want to explore, play the game that they want to play. And so, you know, they can just take off and uh, run north, for instance. And, you know, they might be on a quest, they might not be. But we have POIs that get pointed out, and the player's like, oh, okay, you know, for me, when I play any Elder Scrolls game, it's kind of the distraction content that I like. And so, you know, I see something that's like, oh, I want to go over there, and I want to explore this. You know, that's totally available to us. So you might find a dungeon. We have lots of dungeons in the game, lots of ruins, just lots of content all over the place. We absolutely don't want players to have to go back and forth towards quest hubs. We want to make sure that our players are free to explore, free to play, you know, again, kind of the way they want to play. The importance of Cyrodiil in our game is uh, that Cyrodiil really is where a lot of our PvP uh, takes place. It's where the Alliance War takes place. So all of the different factions, so the ones I've mentioned earlier, are kind of vying for control of the Empire. And their goal is to have one of their players crowned as Emperor. And so the big thing about that is that Cyrodiil is so big that, uh, you know, there's lots of, uh, I, I would say, points of interest or sieges to take. Uh, that, you, know, you know, there's keeps you want to take. Um, and those actually impact the whole game. So it's not just something that only impacts the uh, PvP section. It impacts all the game. So it really encourages players to participate in PvP without it forcing players to participate in PvP. The uh, first emperor, uh, you know, Tiber Septim, really hasn't been crowned yet. And so this is a time when everybody, the prophecy's already out that there's going to be an emperor, and so everybody wants her to be an emperor. And so it just kind of fit really neatly with what we were trying to do, which is say, hey, the players can sort of become the emperor at this point, but they're they're not Tiber Septim yet. But that's the goal that they're trying to attain. We have a, um, a quest line that's what we call our main quest line, where the player is trying to get their soul back. And, and kind of in doing so, they reveal um, the, a, a greater threat, which is, you know, um, Moloch Ball is, is trying to pull Tamriel into the plane of Cold Harbor. And so the players, you know, they'll get their soul back, but they're also going to help and save the world. And I mean, that was big and it was important to us, was making the player the hero. But there'll also be lots of other quest lines. There'll be, you know, if you if you played any of the Elder Scrolls, you've seen things like the Companions quest line or the Fighters Guild quest line or Mage's Guild quest line, and we want to make sure that's true too. So to talk a little bit about our combat system, um, one of the things that uh, we worked so hard to do was get that feeling of it's really visceral. It's really something that, you know, you're invested in. So we have minimal UI elements up because we want you looking in the world. So there'll be a lot of tells that you have from, say, the different NPCs. So an NPC might duck down or they might do something else, and you know that they're preparing for a big move, so it's time to block. Um, you know, it just adds to that really natural kind of visceral feel. You also have things that you have in other Elder Scrolls games, like you have crouching, you have sprint. Um, and, you know, maybe you want to avoid combat by crouching. Maybe there's a way you want to do uh, a particular quest line where you want to sneak instead of, uh, you know, for instance, just running in with, you know, your sword and hacking everything apart or, you know, running with magic and blowing everything up. We definitely want the players to feel like when they're in combat, uh, everything that they do is action-oriented. Um, so as a really good example, um, I use my stamina to block and in the simple interactions and the simpler shortcut bar with less abilities the interesting thing is even internally we debated you know would this have the depth that we really wanted to but when you pair it with our ai when you pair it with monsters that are clever that work against you that set each other up right so an ai can decide i'm going to throw down oil and then another one of their partners their the enemy partner says okay well i'm going to light it on fire now and if a player is standing or gets caught in this oil, then it gets lit up. So as, as a player, you kind of have to be very aware of what's going on around you. 
And as we got more into like the simpler mechanics, it actually got deeper and deeper because the AI was so smart. And then as players, you know, it's not just the AI that cooperates, right? Players can cooperate. So we have what we call synergy abilities where a player will say, you know, they'll throw down something like a, a firestorm that'll come out and, and then a fighter might run into the firestorm and then they will, you know, basically shoot fireballs out, you know, and, and what happens is as players, this cooperation and you're seeing like, oh my gosh, he's making me cooler than I was originally, right? It's like, wow, now there's a reason to really group up. I want to see all these different, you know, synergy abilities. I want to see how it works. And so getting people playing together, getting them playing cooperatively, getting it to be like the most social experience that, uh, you know, you've played yet in an online RPG is really important to us. The Elder Scrolls Online will be out and available for PC and Macs, uh, machines that can be five years old. We run on lower spec machines. We do that on purpose. Social games need lots of people playing them. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be out in 2013. And that was a interview with Paul Sage from, and, and it was a, a very direct interview on everything on some of the topics we're actually going to hit on tonight. And I got to say that I'm playing whatever they're going to call that Ranger S class they did in that, in that little uh, character preview. Yeah. Yeah, that looks awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To say the least. All right. We got a it, lot of talk. Oops, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, this, the, I, I just want to say, like, I think this interview is just really very complete, um, condensed version of the information that they they have out there right now and i think the initial and i want to get this out there real quick all right for the naysayers out there who who are worried that you know this is not going to play like like an elder scrolls game that this is going to play like warcraft you are wrong if you think this is this is not going to play like an elder scrolls game if you think this is going to play like world of warcraft you're wrong i'm sorry after listening to that video it's really not a, a, a matter of opinion. It really is just simple black and white. All right. If you if you listen to the information that Paul Sage is giving out, and you compare it to every other MMO that that's going on out there, at least conceptually, all right, this game is being built with the idea that we want to take we want to take you know your single player experience and we want to make it you know new, interesting, unique, different, and cooperative and massively multiplayer and i think that's exactly what they're hitting on just hearing him speak yeah exactly uh we got a i actually scoured the internet and looked up every video of every interview i could find on e3 regarding elder scrolls online as well as written interviews and this is the key points that i have written down that i got from all of that research and the first thing is is the graphic video that they released on e3 we've all seen it if you have it, you need to look it up. Um, it was simply put, amazing for an MMO. I was able to recognize Skyrim very easily, <laughs> mm-hmm. and different points of the area, and it looked just like it. I couldn't tell a difference. Yeah, the graphics that they have right now for this game, I, I know they they want to go with a a. A, a, a scenario that that's basically not going to bog your computer down, all right. But at the same time, uh, you know, release some awesome visuals. And if this doesn't bog your computer down, I'd be I'd be shocked and impressed because they are absolutely gorgeous. 
And yeah, we'll be investing in a new graphics card by then. <laughs> we got an email from a listener. You might know him as Shank. He was the gentleman on a couple episodes back who was griping about Elder Scrolls Online and the graphics in particular on mm-hmm. two different episodes. And he emailed us and he said, and I quote, foot is placed firmly in mouth. Wow. <laughs> a very, very, very humbled Shank. Now you're just rubbing it in. Well, <laughs> of course I'm one to talk. Pot and kettle right there. <laughs> well, this is this is that same guy that we've followed and talked with or talked about. At least read his emails two times. Mm-hmm. Again, that we've That's we've right. we've dealt with uh, this one. Oh yeah, individual person. And Shank, we thank you for for updating us again and again because it yeah. actually does help. Because this is exactly how I felt. This guy is me. Yeah. This dude has the exact same view that I have on this game. When it first came out, they were like, it's, it's wow. I was... You know what? Lit- what's actually funny about this this email that Shanks sent in is like, I wasn't happy when I read it because, oh, we've indicated you, ha ha. No, it was because we, there's another person who finally sees what this game is about to become. Right. And a very analytical person about it at that. So, I mean, it's not exactly. just the graphics, but this is the point we're talking about the graphics anyway. The graphics are incredible, and everything they showed was in-game footage. And when I saw the Dwemer ruins yeah. that looked alive and not like ruins, the Dem- the Dwemer areas, <laughs> I got excited. I'm going to see Dwemer. <laughs> I'm going to see Dwemer. <laughs> oh, God. I think at this point, if if you're the kind of person that that is still like saying you know negative stuff about this game, at this particular point with what we know so far, you're one of two people. You're the person who just wants to be negative and you're a form troll and, and therefore you have nothing, you know, worthy of 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 saying or, or repeating, um, which I think is the vast minority of people out there. Or two, you're probably one of the people out there that have not done a whole lot of looking into regarding this. I think those of you out there who have done the research, who've looked up the videos and seen the, the, the new content and the new information that's out there, I think you're you're feeling a little bit like like good old Shank here or or um, or Dave regarding this. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Joe, uh, do you remember when when you did your first article for us when when the initial release? I mean, everyone here was just like yeah. so totally excited about about the possibility Joseph, of the MO. Joseph, because you confused the hell Joseph. out of me right there until you said article. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Joseph, I mean, you, you, what was your first impression about about the, about the what was coming out, the information coming out? Well, my first impression was I'm really excited for this game, but I see WoW in this article way too many times. So I was a little hesitant first. I, I told a lot of people that I uh, interact with on Twitter and stuff that I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm really excited for it, but I want to know more information before I completely formulate, a, formulate an opinion. Right. But uh, I was jumping for joy inside because uh, I'm very selective on the games that I play, especially if they're going to have some sort of subscription model, which we haven't heard any information about it yet. But you know there's going to be some sort of subscription model there. If I'm going to have to pay more money to play this game, I want to make sure that it's a good game. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why I only play Lord of the Rings Online, because I know it's a good game. I don't play any other game because of that. Elder Scrolls Online seems like it's going to be that game that's going to break the mold for me, that I'm going to play no matter what, just because of how interested I am in it. But that was my first impression, just utter optimism, but also, very, again, very cautious about it as well. 
I, I think you I think your your initial reaction reflects exactly how everyone at the show here felt. I mean, we were so excited about the MMO coming out and we wanted to know a lot of information, but at the same time we were you know, we saw the same thing you saw. You know, World of Warcraft was mentioned way too much. And I, I think they've done a lot of backpedaling since then in, in the month yeah. of May and just working with Game Informer, trying to get all that information out, and then especially with E3 as well. I, I mean, you know, Dave, you put it beautifully uh, a couple of episodes ago. You're the one who said this this game can't be further from World of Warcraft. Yeah. Do you think they fired that guy who said that? I hope they did. I hope they did. <laughs> because that is like the single most complete ass backwards thing you could possibly say about this game from what we found out to come out and say, man, it's just like, wow. Are you kidding? I, no, what? it's not. Did you play WoW? Well, and he never actually said it's just like WoW, but I think comparing to comparing it to it is what set a lot of people off. Um, the comparison was just made way too many times. Uh, yes, we all understand that you're trying to model after it because it's highly successful and it works, but everyone wants something new, and each game is supposed to push the envelope. That's what every Elder Scrolls game has done. It's redefined genres. You can't tell me the entire role-playing game genre has been, hasn't been changed because of the Elder Scrolls, and the MMO genre is supposed to be the same. You're supposed to continually... Um, redefine what you're supposed to do when you create a game like that. And I think that the whole WoW thing was uh, kind of put everyone back because it didn't seem like the devs were doing that. It seemed like they were just trying to do a, a make-and-mold money-grab thing. Yeah, it really felt like a, hey, guys, we're taking their cookie cutter. Guess what we're making? It really felt like that at the beginning. But from what we're getting with the more information – it really feels like an Elder Scrolls game. It looks like an Elder Scrolls game. Yeah. It it really it it feels. I know I've said this way too many times when when, when new games comes out. It is a proper successor, from what I can see. I'm gonna rein you I'm guys. I'm excited to. See. I'm gonna rein you guys back in here. You're going all over the map. Um, <laughs> sure. I just yeah. said graphics, and suddenly, boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Like I said, the graphics, you know, the visuals looked nice. Um, any other thoughts on the visuals? You know what you see. I I love I love Marwind. I love <laughs> seeing those visuals of Marwind. Now that they're not all like you know goofy and blocky and <laughs> and cool for 2002, but like outdated for you know. 2012-2013. They were even talking about when they they took the very old old like Daggerfall and got to reimagine it. Because the graphics were so old back then that it was like reimagining the entire area. And when they showed Daggerfall on that preview, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was. I think that's the thing that made me the most excited is seeing Daggerfall again. Because I remember when I first played that game. So I know Liz was stunned. Yeah. Oh. Who, me? Anyway, now that we've uh, got some dead space there. Uh, so let's go ahead and move <laughs> on to the next point. So the graphics right. are... To, just to, to cap that off here, the graphics are a lot more than what you think they are. They're not hyper-realistic like Skyrim, and they're not cartoony like WoW. They're a happy middle ground. They look very, very good, and I can't wait to see it further on when they actually do even more with it. Again, this is still in early alpha right now. They're not even in beta, which they did announce that the beta will be happening in 2013, early, I hope. Oh, yeah. I don't see that much of a difference between... The screens from the from um, ESO 
to Skyrim. I, I don't see a tremendous amount. I mean, you know, in the character models, yes, I see a difference. But in the environments, I don't see a huge well, difference at all. What I just said was a direct quote from one of the devs. When okay. they talked about the graphics, they said, yeah, we're not making it hyper-realistic like Skyrim, but we're not cartoony like World of Warcraft. We're, we're, we're trying to find that happy, that really works well, middle so, ground, kind of like uh, Rift. But Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. So like Rift, which, good. I mean, I could see them reasonably making it so that you could pump up the graphics to a higher quality. I could see that being reasonable. Oh, yeah. Especially for people with the high-end systems. But, again, this needs to be able to run on low enough settings for people, you know, like me, who are using a TU-9000 calculator tied to an internet cable. So, (laughs) I have to be able to get online and not, you know, stutter just because of the the graphics. All right. um, Well, and I like the fact that... I'm sorry. You're fine. But I like the fact that in that interview, Paul Sage specifically said that they are testing the game on lower NPCs just for that reason. So they are they do have those those people in mind when making this game. They're not making it for the ultra gamer who has new video card every month. Uh, They're thinking about people who, you know, like most people can't afford to go out and upgrade their PC that often. Yeah. See, I understand that from the MMO makers perspective, but from the gamers perspective, there are going to be those people who want to play it on the super high graphics, you know, insanely powerful cards, and for it to look hyper-realistic. And Me. <laughs> I really think that this is a perfect outlet for them to do that. And from what I've seen, it it already looks damn pretty. Yeah, it looks great. I think you're. I, I think where they're going with this is is right where they need to be. There's there's a lot of people out there that that have great high-end systems, all right, but not enough to make a solid MMO. And and let's just let's just move away from the dollars perspective, okay? Because obviously you want to appeal to that middle range because that's where most people in that bell curve are going to be between low-end systems on the left, high-end systems on the right, and a lot of people are going to meet that that happy middle in the in the bell curve where. We have systems that are between three to four years old and can run a game based on these these specifications, and that's where we should build our game to. This way we can make the most amount of money. Let's move that aside, okay? Let's talk about server populations because I've been battling this with the tour show um, since, you know, since the spring. And the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, one of the big problems for Star Wars The Old Republic is the low server populations and and that's due in part to you know a a lot of things and that's that's tour show related here we are in elder scrolls all right you don't want to alienate your base you don't want to alienate your people based on technology and a lot of us you know play skyrim and all the other games and and uh, we play on on consoles we play on pc but we play and now here comes this new MMO, and we all want to get involved. So if we if they tailor it to just the high end systems, you're not going to get a lot of people buying it because they don't have the tech to support it. And then our server populations are not nearly as populated as they should be. And even though their game is fantastic, perfect, unbelievable story, great gameplay, 
you know, uh, retard amazing skills and and all that. But if you don't have anyone to play with, <laughs> I I kind of heard on one of the interviews talking about servers. They said they mentioned the number two thousand. I don't know if that's wow. like two thousand per faction. I don't know if they're trying to keep it purposely lower. Um, in some ways, there could be benefit to lower depending on how they actually do the game. It could be benefit to have two thousand people on a server. I mean, heck, we could own a server. <laughs> Get all the, the Elder Scrolls fans together on yeah. a big giant guild, and you know, I don't know if that's really exactly what it is, but that's kind of what I heard on one of the, uh, the interviews. Well, I mean, you know, you want look. It doesn't matter if there's if the server can can hold you know five thousand people, and and there's you know uh, four thousand and five hundred on there, or if it can hold three hundred people and there's two hundred fifty on there. You know, you want. Well, that's you, the thing. Is I understand where you're coming from with this, and they've already stated that there's going to be a lot of open world combat, or not combat, like like gameplay that right. you're going to be able to take part in with all the people on your server. So I understand where they're coming with having a low server pop, but there, there's going to be that point where different people are going to be forced into to different areas it's an MMO you can only do so much until the high level people are all standing in the high level area so I'd really like to see how they how they're able to handle an open world situation with so many people trying to be in the same area at the same time and balance that with again going back to the graphics qualities required for the user well, I think that's the whole reason why it's not photorealistic like uh, like Skyrim. It's just because they couldn't handle it. I think the way the graphics look right now, it's it's very... Uh, I think it's perfect for what they're trying to do. It looks great. Um, you know, far better than most MMOs on the market right now. And it's still a year away, so you don't even know if the graphics are going to even improve in the next year. Liz, you need to stop responding to us in the chat room and actually talk. Well, I'm letting you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting here responding to us in our in our, in our chat room. Uh, I said something once! <laughs> <laughs> Those are all extremely good points, guys. Is there anything else you want to make a point on that before we move on to our next topic? I'll take that as a no. No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, no. Alright, our next uh, topic point is the skill stones. I forgot what they called them again. Um, but Magnus stones. Magnus stones, yeah. They were shown in the the video. And I think, based on what what we said in episode point nine 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 back then... Uh, our speculation on how they work is right on the money, based on what I saw. Because those stones have a picture of a constellation, a skill constellation. Yes. Well, and they they said that they will work a lot like the, you know, uh, stones we see in Skyrim and these constellations like we've seen in previous Elder Scrolls games. But there was an interview on Game Informer with, I think it was Paul Sage, I think it was the first interview they did with him, where he went into more detail saying that exactly what what you know we talked about in the last point five episode that these skills depending on what you choose will modify these stones will modify skills depending on what you choose yeah light uh, so it really do, behooves you light to do different trees basically ahead. right exactly um and so they they have kind of explained what the purpose behind these stones are if you go back and listen to one of the, again one of the very first interviews that came out we're definitely going to see a lot more of these. Um, and it was it was pretty much close to what, what we said in the point. Which five. gets me really excited. That was one of the most exciting points of that show that we talked about was how they were going to do the skill system. Yeah. And the, the, some of the later points I have in here, 
relate to this on what on, on on why they're doing it like this, why they want to do it in this in this method, which kind of adds to our speculation on this this topic. Um, so from what I saw on on the video, I, I got very excited. Even ask Yvarwin and everybody. We uh, we watched this video right after we recorded. In fact, they had uh, IGN did a, an interview right after we got done recording episode 27. And we watched it with a chat room, and they showed the, the stones again. I got so giddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was, was like it was, it was like confirmation. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the uh, the first article I did uh, on that on Tuesday, the first day of E3, uh, I mentioned that I love the fact that they showed it, but they didn't even mention they were showing the Magnus stones. They just you know showed it in passing. Uh, Paul Sage, you know, didn't even touch on it. You know, didn't even let them touch on it. Basically, so speculation will continue to get fueled by it. Um, but yeah, that the the way the stones look in the game, they actually look a lot different than I thought they would. I thought they'd just be standing stones like we've seen. Uh, it looks like the stones also interact with the environment, the way they're placed, because you see some on the floor, some on walls. So it kind of leads me to think that you could change out stones mid combat as well. You know. Are, y'all aren't worried about this at all being, you know, going from having set in stone, you know, this guy's a tank, this guy's a healer, this guy's a DPS, to being so free form that it's almost impossible to, to actually get something that works and have, you know, be able to rely on other people having their, their build down it's so not, that you're not in a bad situation. It's not as much as you think it is, Dave. It's not as free-form as you think it is. And I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that in some later points. Um, mm-hmm. ah, man, I'm just... You know what worries me? I don't know if anyone else here did, but I played DC Universe Online for a bit. And it was very free-form in how you could build your character, pick his skill sets, even his abilities to move around the city and stuff. We're all, you know however you wanted to make it, which, hey, that's cool. You can make it however you want. But it got to the point where you couldn't rely on random grouping because you didn't know if that that guy over there, yeah, he picked tank stuff, but he may be playing it as a DPS. Mm -hmm. It it seems like, I don't know, they're just, I'm not sure yet if there's enough control in the builds that you're going to be able to rely effectively on random people without saying, Hey man, I need you to tell me exactly what you're using. Uh, the next point is the MMO version will keep the time honored resources of health, magicka and stamina that has defined the series thus far. And I found that in a joystick article when they interviewed Sage. I think that's perfectly keeping with the rest of the, the series. Uh, you know, if, uh, they couldn't have done it any other way. Let's just put it that way. All right, yeah. was, you know. Yeah, I love the way that they're making stamina actually, so everyone has to use it. That that's so. Stamina cool. works yeah. the same way it does in the game currently with Skyrim. Another point I'll get into in a second. Um, players will also be able to perform actions such as sneaking, blocking, and sprinting, regardless of character class. In terms of combat, the studio is also striving to upkeep the action RPG feel. To help the game assimilate with the with its, prece- its predecessors, the Elder Scrolls Online will place a huge emphasis on freedom and flexibility within the game, and will not limit players based on their character class, as some other MMOs have. Try all MMOs have. This goes right in line with what they were saying about making that single player experience you're used to from from Skyrim, Oblivion, you know, Morrowind. 
imported into this. You know, everyone is very, very attached to to how these games play, and translating that seamlessly into the MMO, I think is is absolutely crucial and necessary. And when we release those episodes about building the MMO, I think that's exactly what we we're trying to touch on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what are they talking about with the the rune stones or whatever two points ago? That's what I'm confused about because they're saying everything's pretty much staying the same. I mean, I know there's going to be different skills, but then they're saying there's not going to be. Huh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Going on. Right. Anyway, skills will level up based thing. on how often you use them like previous Elder Scrolls games. I like that. And that includes weapons. That's actually a very good thing. Very good yeah. thing. Yes. <laughs> a gameplay was revealed, was revealed at E3. It was not a video released to the public as far as I could find, but they were allowed to see yeah. a quest yeah. in action. And in a quest line involving the Mage's Guild, a werewolf had been stirring trouble in the nearby township. A band of ghostly warriors had allegedly killed the werewolf years ago and seek to teach the player the secret to take the werewolf down. When the when transported into the past, the player must choose whether or not to save a warrior in danger. A new line of quests from a present-day descendant of the warrior is in store for the player if they choose to save him. Um, Freeror, Freeror, I can never say his name right, added that if the player chooses to not <laughs> save the warrior, the ending of the scenario will play out differently. Once the player realizes that the secret to saving werewolves is, or slaying werewolves is fire, the creature is defeated for good. So what they're basically saying on this is that these quests are going to have different arc points based on your decision and how you play it, similar so to what you play now. They're, yeah, they're keeping true to that. Your actions will define which, what what ends up happening in the game um, for your for your experience. I don't know how they would you know relate that to someone who chooses to save the werewolf as opposed to someone who chooses not to, but at least your individual gameplay experience will feel as though you are actually affecting the world around you. Precisely. Well, now, is this, this about Dawnguard in... or I'm sorry? Is this about Dawnguard or the Elder Scrolls? This is Elder Scrolls. Because they keep I know, but they keep mentioning werewolves, and I'm like, really? All of a sudden, they're that important? <laughs> it's in every Elder Scrolls. <laughs> they've been in every uh, yeah. They've been it's in like every a staple. I know they've been there, but I mean, all of a sudden, they're like, hey, push to the front. Yeah, I think it's well, just they're is... trying to bounce off each other. <laughs> Maybe. Um. Now, what I want to know is like you know. Like in Tor, they do the same thing where if you choose the dark side, you get dark side points and something dark side happens. And if you choose the light side, something <laughs> happy and light side happens. But we hate the light side, so we get the dark side. Now, what happens if you're in a party with your homie going through here? You think the warrior's a jerk, so you want to kill him. But your homie over there is all like, man, I, I save warriors. What happen? What happens if you pick to to kill him and your homie picks to save him? Do, is this going to be another? Right? Yeah, you should have to. Well, you have to fight with to death. Don't don't forget. All right, this at the very heart of this game is a very personal story. All right, Molag Ball has stolen your soul, and you seek to get it back. All right, the the fact is is that they've gone that far to to say. Part of this story is going to be based on mo- most of the story. The core of this whole thing is is based on you. So I mean, we don't have the answer, and and I you know I I think that's a great question. But the fact is, is I I think 
they've they've solved this. They just haven't given us the answer. And I, I think we can look towards, you know, to Star Wars: The Old Republic, where where they solve that answer as well. You know, you you might get you know faction points or or something for for choosing the one that you want to choose, but ultimately it's a roll off, and and you see a cutscene based on, you know, what you have chosen. Mm-hmm. They might right. have gone that well, way with it, or or not. In the end, it is an MMO. All I see so it is. I'd really like to see it. All I, all I see from it I'm is sorry. allowing me to play my character the way I want to play it, and that's all I care about. Exactly. Yeah. And we may not find the answer to that specific question you asked, Dave, until more information is released when it comes and, and actual gameplay footage is released too, when they start showing actual gameplay demos as opposed to sweeping, you know, landscape right. demos. Uh, we may not see that until they start actually showing off some of these quests and that question arises. Um, or we may not see that until you actually play the game and that happens and then you and I will fight to the death. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a Also, what I saw on this was just a very, very minor quest. Probably just a very, very minor side quest. Exactly. And it also, what it also hinted to me was the use of the Elder Scroll. Yes, yes. Uh, point number seven. Oh, so time travel will happen. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting to see a lot of that, actually. And that would be cool. Yes. Can you imagine going in the future of each of the games to see certain events that happen in those games at certain quest chains? That would be like awesome. Like going back to Skyrim. Totally awesome. Going back to Dawnguard for certain events. That would be awesome. I look forward Yay, to Elder that. Elder Scrolls. All right. From the snow-covered Skyrim mountains to the ash-covered Morrowind, exploring the open worlds is one of the most alluring features of the game. The Elder Scrolls Online contains all of these locations in one map, Ensuring that players will have a ton of exploring to do. During the demo, we saw that we saw Morrowind's Red Mountain, the Redgar capital of Hammerfell, and even and even the Dwemer fortresses, and a lot more things that I couldn't recognize. It, it that whole like I said earlier, the whole video got me excited based on everything that's coming into the game. That was just a little reiteration to that point. Every single time I see that video, I think this is every Elder Scrolls game mashed into one and we're all going to take part in it especially when you hear about the gameplay mechanics using your stamina bar to to actively block and then bash with your with your shield or charge up and attack in your in your in your weapon and then you know it hit hit the mob over the head with a with a strong attack as a result of that i mean that's all elder scrolls that's what you're doing right now in skyrim you know that that gameplay is there, and then oh, by the way, guys, here's something new and interesting. Okay, here's some here's some hot bar skills <laughs> that you're going to be able to use with that as well. And and oh, by the way, here's some synergy stuff so you can use those skills in a new and unique way with with people around you. You, you don't even have to group with them. <laughs> Just you know. You know, the awesome mage one is standing right in front of you, and he threw out a fireball. And I'm just gonna, you know, dingle around with it and make a whole lot of awesome all over that guy's face. <laughs> How would you not want to get involved in that? Uh, That's the only reason I want to play. <laughs> point number eight is any class can use any weapon. So if you want to have a bow wielding using mage, you can. Awesome. Yeah. Immediately sold. Yep. And speaking of the hot part. They've actually gave us what the hotbar is going to be used at for and what the slots are going to be used for. The first two slots are going to be for weapons. So if you're a mage who wants to have a bow for his range and a staff for magic enhancement, 
you can switch between them once they're equipped. So you can switch between them on your hotbar, just like you would do on your key your keyboard shortcut if you're playing PC on Skyrim, that kind of thing. Just switch between your weapons. Favorited weapons, if you will. Um, the next three slots are for abilities or skills. The last slot is saved for synergy. So you're going to have six slots. The abilities and synergy slots can be swapped out any time outside of combat. And again, the more you use the, the abilities, the more you use weapons, the more you level up with them, the stronger you get with them. That's another aspect of customization with your character. I think it's necessary. The, being able to use any of any any weapon you find on the ground and just pick it up and be able to use it and then level up your skill in it based on how much you use it, being able to gain a whole bunch of skills and then pick out which five or six of those do you really want to use, plus getting a synergy skill that you can use with just everyone around you in general. I haven't got that point yet. You ruined it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, all this added together... I mean, this is this is new. This is unique. This is exciting. You know, how come no other MMO is doing this right now? And additionally, I can't wait to play this and, and see this coming off of this MMO and see how well it's done, how well it's executed, and, and just enjoy every every ounce of that because it's it's just gonna it's gonna make me me. In Elder Scrolls, there's going to be an Avarwin in Elder Scrolls, and it's going to be completely unique than, you know, uh, than than Dave's character and Joe's character and Liz and Fred, and we're all going to be hey, Varwin, ourselves. I have something for you. I think this yeah. is going to really reiterate that point right there. Okay, just bear with me. Take off my pants. <laughs> the game director, in an interview with MMORPG.com, gave an example. For instance, you have a warrior. You pick up a healing mm-hmm. staff, and having the ability to once you pick it up and use it, you have the ability to heal. Okay, you're not going to, it's not just, just not as well as, as the more dedicated healer, but you'll be able to be able to heal. However, if you use that healing staff a lot, you will level it and become a lot more efficient with it. On the flip side, a little bit less of the warrior. Uh, Ivarwin, can we say paladin? Paladin, paladin. So you may have picked the, <laughs> the, the warrior starting class, but based on right. your play, you made him into a paladin. Right, and that's exactly what I intend on doing for one of my characters, and and everyone listening knows that. <laughs> Does this mean you're you're going to be gimping your your warrior spell or your warrior side? Like if I tend to heal people just because I'm yes. nice? Okay. Yeah, the, the more you use, like like Joe just said, the more you would use your healing, you would become less of a warrior because that, that is you're, a balance. You're yeah. training one, you're training one area and neglecting the other. But if you can find a good balance between them, you could totally be a BA paladin. Completely. Um, And I think this also goes back to Dave's point that he made earlier. uh, Finding groups if it's too free form. Well, like you also just said, at the start, you wouldn't have nearly the ability to heal as a more dedicated healer. So you are still going to have some of those roles. But Ivarwin would be the ideal support role. Not only could he take those hits for us, but he can help heal us in that clinch. He can heal. Because like I said, there's there's no tanking. So he's not going to be relying him on our as our tank. So having that ability for him to just switch right over to his healing staff, for instance, and healing us when we're in that pinch, like say my archer's running for his dear life because everything decides that they, they wants to eat him, he can sit there and keep me alive while the rest of our group, while Dave picks at him with his with his mage abilities, and you know, or and Lou comes in with his random character, whatever he's on at that time, and helps out and gets those monsters down, and he was able to do that on the fly because it was needed. 
Now, if a different situation occurs where he needs to be in there, he we go to the next room, we see these couple of vampires chewing on some dead corpse, he runs in there and goes after him as just full-on melee, and then we pick up from there. It's just... That idea, that I, that ability to, custom, to customize is incredible. I want to be able to take my archer, okay? I want to primary my bow. I want to level out the crap out of that thing. But I want my dual-wielding swords to where I can sneak in and be like, the, my teammates, hey, go in there, sneak in, instigate this attack. And we'll do it this way and this way and this way. And then I can, once I instigate the attack, I can switch over to my bow and start pinging away at things as I see fit. If I get in a tight spot, I can pull into my dag- my weapons, my swords, which I've been leveling a lot outside while I was beating on enemies doing quests or just running around just beating on things. I have that option, and that is what makes this game different than other MMOs, which puts it a step above the rest. I think the other great thing this game is going to introduce the combat in this game may be the death of kiting, because you would no longer have a need to do it. Because you'd be, like, for instance, my, my, uh, my hunter in Lord of the Rings Online. Uh, if anyone gets within melee range, I have to start running around. <laughs> I won't have to do this in this game because I'll be just as proficient with my two-handed weapon or my dual swords. Uh, so you won't... I, I think you won't see nearly as much of that. Uh, either a topic... Con- to get a strategy to, to beat a final boss. You'll actually... Uh, Karisu Morori in the chat room is saying, the MMO's great so far, but I don't want to be forced to play a specific race in Elder Scrolls to play with my friends. I think what he's talking about right here is the the the, the grouping the factions. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's, that's, that's an, an unvo- unavoidable part of most MMOs. That's the one negative thing I still have. But in a way, I see that based on how they're playing out the the faction war or the PvP element to the game. So unavoidable it, and curse. It, and it's only stating that these factions are warring against each other in the PvP. But if you also look at the storyline. That they're setting up every single one of these factions is against the Imperials and Molag Ball. So you got to think that they're going to have some sort of interfaction, re- uh, you know. That's our hope. Quest yeah, exactly. going on. Right. That's our hope. Beautiful. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be completely, you know, shut out. If you're a Nord, you can't, you can't, you know, quest with a High Elf. I think when it comes to PvP, though, you guys would inevitably be on different sides. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is, you know, you may want to set up a deal where, you know, if if your friend that you really want to group up with is going toward a faction where you don't like the race they're choosing and the other two races you're not too keen on either, maybe you could set up a, a deal where you have a character on on their side and then they set up a character on your preferred side. This way, everyone gets what they want. All right, moving on to the next point. Um... Just like other Elder Scrolls games, if you hold down the attack button, a, in other words, the left mouse button, for instance, you build a stamina power attack. Skyrim? Yay. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, this is one of those things I think just needed to be in the game. Otherwise, it wouldn't have felt Elder Scrolls. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you can use synergy attacks with people not in your group that Yvonne already gave away, and everyone gets credit. <laughs> an example, you're walking, you're walking around with your archer, your ranger, and you see a mage having some issues with a an enemy. You sneak up around, and as he's doing his spell that you know ties in with your your special, you can throw out your ability, and it will create that massive synergy attack, and you both get credit for it, and anyone around. Except for the loser. The loser? Which would be the mob be in the this mob. case. Yeah, right. would be the mob. <laughs> so. Is that ability to just yeah. randomly go and help people? Yes, needed. And it adds to the social aspect, which they're really trying to push, which obviously they should be. It's an MMO. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think that I think Paul Sage said it best in his first interview. You know, uh, helping that person out, you see someone getting slaughtered. You go in and help them out, and you both get credit, and maybe it strikes up a friendship, and you clear the rest of the dungeon with that person. Um, I think um, not having that equal credit going around it really hurts some MMOs because you're less likely to group up with somebody because of that. Right. Uh, our final point of the evening is they talked about classes briefly, briefly, basically saying you will choose a class right from the start. And then within that class, there are so many different choices you can make based on how you want to play this class. Like if you choose a roguish type class, you can equip a bow, sword, or even a hammer and play them differently. This was kind of like it was in, in Oblivion, though. You chose one of, I guess, three? No, it was more than that. But you chose, like, a thief, whatever. You could put, still play whichever way you wanted, but you initially had to choose those because you got certain perks. Yeah, Skyrim kind of does this, too, if you, if you think about it. It was a starting stone that you find. It kind of puts you in that archetype, archetype right off the bat. I think the Skyrim way gives you more freedom. It does. Because you're not... Because in Oblivion, you leveled up based on the, yeah. the skills that you leveled that were in, inevitably used for your class. Whereas in Skyrim, you level up. You can level up a level just by leveling smithing. Um, so it's a lot more freedom. And I think the way that they're doing it in this game is going to feel more but, free than it actually sounds. Well, yeah. With an MMO, you can't have that absolute freedom like that. Exactly. work. But they are, without a shadow of doubt, from all this I just read doing as much as possible to give you as much of that player customization, that character customization and player freedom as possible to make it work in an MMO. Again, which what I'm reading on this, to put this in conclusion now, guys, my conclusion on this is that they are, it's, it's a lot more, a lot more freedom than I ever expected from their MMO. It's a lot more than I expected in period. Um, all this new stuff they're coming out with is just making me so excited I want to. I, I can make the character that I want. I don't. I was so worried I'd be put into some archetype and I would just play that like every other MMO I've ever played. I mean, Rift had a way of doing it where the skill system was so diverse. I could play my my warrior, but I was still a warrior. But I just had different skill setups. This, I may pick a thief in the beginning, but when I mess up my character, he's no longer a thief. He doesn't resemble a thief in any way, shape, or form. He's more of a ranger. Because that's how I played him. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't think I can sum it up better than that. Ivaro, any last thoughts on this episode, buddy? Oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got tons, Do it. but I'll, I'll limit, I'll limit, I'll limit it to this just, just right now. <laughs> that um, Joe, I, I, I don't think you could be any more correct. In fact, I don't think you've said any more, you know, anything truer than than what you just said right now. I mean, it, it's just. I I completely agree with you. I have not I did not expect there to be this level of customization right off the bat. And don't forget, they said nothing about professions. Professions allow you to customize, especially in Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Look at potions and most especially look at enchanting. All right. I wanna see heavy armored ranged guys out there grabbing up the aggro from a from a boss. And being a, a ranged tank, in quotes, there would if you be, will. but there is no aggro. Well, uh, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you, you know what I'm kind of getting at. Like, I want to see like just crazy, like ultra hybrid, you know, awesome stuff, and I want to see it work in this game, just based on you know people's imagination and what they're what they what they've pieced together. 
um, based on what this this game is is offering you and allowing you to piece together. The customization seems to be like it's off the charts, and that's what makes an MMO great. Um, additionally, I'm really excited about about some of the uh, stuff they're saying already about the social experience, and they haven't released anything about their social experience. Whether they've said public dungeons, and then they've said stuff about synergy. <laughs> I mean, what else do they have up their sleeves? I don't know, but I can't wait There's to hear. There's still a and, ton um, about this game that we have no clue about. Oh, yeah. God. It, the, the, the whole game hasn't even been released yet. I mean, they've they've. this isn't even the tip of the iceberg. This is like a snowball on top of the tip, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. I'm, I, th- this game can't come out fast enough for me. I was I was excited for it when they first released it, and every piece of information that comes out, I get even more excited about it to the point now where... Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> well put, sir. Dave. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to break the mold way more than it, it originally looked like. And the more the information they put out, the better it's looking. So I'm 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 glad that they're getting the chance for you know people to actually take an in-depth look at it. And the, really looking forward to like actual gameplay where they have like groups of people to see exactly how this all intertwines well put <laughs> mr bradford yep like i said i don't think i can sum it up better than it's already has has been um the one thing i'm going to be really interested in seeing is just like Ivarwin said professions because uh, one of the one of my favorite experiences in any mmo that i've played has been crafting so um i really want to see how they're going to enable and and incorporate um alchemy enchanting smithing three staples of the franchise you know um and, and see exactly how that's going to incorporate into the game and how that's going to affect the economy in the game. I want to see spell weaving um, back. Yes, yes, definitely. And, and this is before the Mage College was destroyed, and I think one of the reasons why it's not in Skyrim is because the Mage College doesn't exist anymore. The College, excuse me, the Mage's Guild doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was spell weaving in Morrowind, so there was spell weaving in Oblivion. This happens before then, so I would love to see that, that, see that in there. If that's in there... Uh, you'll never see me leave the uh, the spellweaving table. <laughs> Liz, what about you? I've been looking at this completely different. That's why when I'm hearing you guys talk about a lot of this stuff, I'm just kind of shaking my head going, yeah, of course they're going to do that. Because I'm looking at it from a person who doesn't play MMOs and who really loves Skyrim to being like, oh, it's just going to go online. And you're just going to see other people there. I know there's going to be different... That's, yeah, that's exactly where this needs to be. Because if they don't do that and execute it right, then it's a failed game. Right. And and looking at it from an MMO, just including Skyrim, it's, it's kind of weird to, to explain that. But yeah, look at it as your regular game, only you're starting to go online and other people will be there. It's not starting out as an MMO. It's starting out as Skyrim, trying to be a little bit like an MMO. More or less, uh, uh, Liz, it's Elder Scrolls trying to be an MMO. That's what I... No, Skyrim's (laughs) easier to say. All right? You know what? (laughs) You and your multi-syllable words. Yeah, syllables are hard. (laughs) What's that mean again? (laughs) Uh, Hard? No. Everybody, i just like to say thank you for joining us for this, fu- this episode. Um, you can find us at com. That's our main website. Our Twitter is at OTR. Uh, you can find us individually. Let's listen to one of our other episodes. Um, <laughs> really quick, Mr. 
uh, Joseph, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at L-O-T-R-L-O-R-E. You can find Ivarwin at Ivarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Dave is found at... Go ahead, Dave. Give it to us. Force. <sighs> D-I-E-N. Force. You're a letdown. Uh, Liz, <laughs> where can we find you? At Mistress underscore Lebeau, L-E-B-E-A-U on Twitter. Uh, I can be found at author J.R. Wilson. And if you want to email us, please do so. We, Despite my little rant in the beginning of this episode, we do love every single email we get. We, we read every single one of them. I mean, we've gotten literally like 28 emails since we recorded a day ago. Um, and we have read every single one of them in thoroughly, which helped me write this show tonight. I'm still drafting mine. <laughs> which helped me write this show tonight. <laughs> um, you can send them in to record at gmail.com. Everybody, I would like to say foos for all you all in a few days. Don't forget, Save the Shire. Go to savetheshire.com, save the Shire campaign, prevent the Saul Zens company from bullying mom and pop shops into, or not to do, you know, trademarking the, the term the Shire. Don't let them do it. All right. Uh, also, be safe, everyone. Take care. May the force be with you. Wrong game, bro. This game, we say boost rotor. Take care, guys. Nobody. Okay, I love you. Bye bye. feelings before we even start, Ivar. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. That just, was awesome. just saying. This yeah. day just gets worse. Just saying. Aww. Don't feel bad. I'm sorry, Fred. I don't... I didn't really think it was that funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> you weren't joking, you jerk. <laughs> I, I wasn't... I wasn't insinuating that you you make mistakes a lot. I'm just saying that uh, we don't want to lose this guy. (laughs) You know, I think we're missing the point here. We should stop stop and take a second and ask Fred just how his day was. Yeah. Fred, get it now. I don't want to tell that jerk what my day was like. That good. That, that and, means we don't listen. So and he, and he can do the tweaked audio commercial himself. Jerry. Oh. Very. I'm sorry. It, it's it's really at Lay this down. particular point after listening to that Lay video. Down. Okay. If you insist. Um. Yeah, Joe. I'm, I'm laying sorry. down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Aww. I thought I had it mute, muted. That was my bad. <laughs> um. Who's <laughs> all